What's happening, Mr. Shoemaker? Welcome back to Tighten Up Talk, baby. Man, it's it's been a really long time. It's it's been entirely too long. As as I mean, just to show you, as a Preds fan during this offseason, it's been so long since we've been on here that I've been hyped for hockey season. I've been really disappointed in hockey season. I've completely quit watching the games, and now it's playoff push time, and I'm excited all over again. Great to be here, Chase. I know, man. I'm pumped. Uh, I was thinking about it because, I mean, last week uh, – well, I'll go ahead and give a, a brief story. So my puppy dog, he recently had some surgery on his leg, and about, what, maybe an hour – like two hours before, uh, I was about to take him for a stroll, <clears throat> let him out in the backyard, do his thing. He's been hobbling on one leg. Well, good boy got going a little too fast and tore open the stitches, so I had to take an emergency run over to the wonderful Riverview Animal Hospital. So had to take care of the boy first. Tighten up talk had to come second. We're back on this wonderful Tuesday with my boy. And, man, we got a lot to talk about. And we'll start it off today. Well, no, You know what? Let's start out with this first. Hello to you, Trey Wynn, in the comments. Shout out Look to at that, that guy. Look at our- that. Hometown favorite, hometown favorite, Trey Wynn, um, the CEO, the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, let's talk about today's news with Titans following suit, as most expected, and they will be opting out of voluntary workouts. Were you surprised, my friend? Not totally. Uh, Not the first team to do it, not the last to do it. Um, I know that it was a recommendation of the Players Association that something like this happened until there's something a little more in place as far as like, uh, you know, kind of standardized guidelines across the board. I'm, I'm not terribly surprised by it. The only thing that would concern me is if you get, you know, a really big mix of, say, half the teams going with it, half the teams not, then you would worry about kind of the, the learning curve and the conditioning. Um, I mean, you just have to hope that the players kind of do their own thing, you know, mm-hmm. not just kind of sit around to, like most of us these days in the days of COVID-19 <laughs> and get after it on their own time as opposed to organized team activities. Yeah. And I think so much has to do with everybody's got their own trainer now, like specialized. They, they've got their routine and it's easy access to, you know, uh, with Zoom meetings and everybody kind of learned to do digital, even in, in virtual, even from office workers, even NFL players, everybody just kind of figured it out to how to do it a little bit easier. Stay in your own spot. I mean, clearly some of these guys live in Nashville, but some of them live remote and for most of the season or for most of the off season. So it gives them a chance. And, you know, let's be honest. I think it helps out a lot of the older guys because, you know, if you're not there, you're not helping these younger guys get that much better. <laughs> helps your case stay on the team and that's ain't that the not, truth that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing for these guys so they're gonna you know they're gonna keep their paycheck by doing that so yeah kind of evens the playing field for lack sure of a does. better term no pun it intended sh- it sure does um so what uh first topic here we're gonna start with off-season moves we'll get a little coaching staff we'll talk draft at the end so stay tuned for that First, I do want to give our shout-out to our favorite sponsor, Parkway Poorhouse. If you are in Chattanooga or in the Chattanooga area and you want to swing on through, stop by Parkway Poorhouse for some of the best adult beverage selection. Hang out on the patio where myself, Blake Shoemaker, and all of our wonderful Chattanooga Titans fans hang out every Sunday. 
come on down and enjoy some watch parties with the gang. We have a blast. They've become like my weird side family and uh, it's been great. So if you want to head on over to parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today or just head, head down there and enjoy some wings anytime. On to the off season. Favorites, favorite moves. Go ahead. You know, there's, there's a lot that's happened. Um, I think my favorite has to be, I mean, it's an obvious choice, but let's just be honest. The biggest disappointment of last season was the fall off of the defense. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of this off season, I mean, we've, we've all been fans of, you know, not just the Titans, but teams where in the off season, it seems as though some of the issues get ignored and they're like, well, you know, we had an injury here or there. Well, you know, things just didn't fall our way and they just kind of throw the same set of guys out there and they expect something different when we all know that nothing's really going to change. So my favorite part of this off season has to be the franchise openly accepting the fact. And it's a fact. It's not debatable that our defense was a complete embarrassment last year. Absolutely. Um, and not just basically saying that it was the defense's fault. They essentially dropped most of that personnel faster than Deshaun Watson drops trout at his local massage parlor. Um, yeah, I went there. It's early. It's early. And he's not been drinking, folks. No, no, not at all. This is Zaxby's. No free shout-outs. Um, my favorite single edition of the offseason has to be Bud Debris. I mean, here's a guy who comes in with 25 sacks over the last three seasons, and eight of those were in this last year before he had an injury uh, in 11 yeah. games. So who knows what he could have done in five more games. Creates chaos in the backfield. Um, started slow, like most players do in their career, but th- it didn't take very long for those numbers to start piling up. Now, granted, he did play on the Steelers' defense. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not – I'm not disconnected enough to feel like, oh, we're going to take this one player and plug it into a problem defense, no. and that's going to solve the problem. The The beauty of this move is that he's not the only one coming to the table. Not only do you add Bud Dupree, you add Danico Autry from the yes. division rival Indianapolis Colts. He himself had 20 sacks in the last three seasons. Uh, the Titans had 19 all of last year as a team, yeah. third worst in the yeah. NFL. And above all, Danico is motivated. Very the Colts. Made little to no effort to bring him back. He has an axe to grind, and he's pissed. He has to. He gets to play against the team that basically told him that he wasn't part of their future two times a year, and he's got something to prove. And don't forget that all this extra attention that's going to be brought on Bud Dupree and Danico Autry is going to open things up for other players. And I'm going to call this now. I know he had a great first year. Last year we didn't get what we hoped to out of him, but he drew double teams everywhere he went. Watch Big Jeff. Oh, yeah. To have a resurgent yeah. year this year. I cannot wait to see what we can do with Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, and Big Jeff in the middle. What do you think? I, I'm with you. I think this is this is going to wind up being the defensive line we hoped this last year was going to be. Remember how excited we were getting when when they just the pre-talk before the Titans even signed Clowney, we were all like, if they get him, it's going to wreak <laughs> havoc. And then just never wound up panning out. Injuries, things like that. We all get it. We all know what happened. And honestly, just a disappointment. That's what it wound up being. Humongous disappointment. We uh, we all thought this Titans defensive front was going to be one of the best in the league. There was, I mean, even as a as a fan, you're like, whoa, man, they, they're going to be one of the top five. But in all honesty, 
everybody in the, around the league believed that whenever they signed Clowney, it was going to be a disaster for everybody else in the AFC South. And it just wasn't. That defense was the most heartbreaking thing I've watched in a long time. Um, they piece some things together, piece some things together every once in a while, but it just never came into full fruition. And these these cornerbacks got exposed at times. Whenever you have a bad pass rush, it, it just makes it a lot worse for your corners, and it just never seemed to come into togetherness at all. It was it was tough to watch. I'll say this. I think my favorite signing was probably keeping Jay on for an absolute, what seems like a veteran's minimum. Yeah. I mean, what a steal to keep that guy. Now he's motivated also. He's going to, he is taking this contract. He loves playing here. He's taking this year to really step it up. And he said it before he's going to get paid after this. He wants to dominate. He wants to come out and get all those fat stacks. And I think that front four for front three is going to really help him out. Like you said, man, I think this this defense is really lining up to be something because you got a lot of motivated guys because it seems like, you know, is Evans going to get his fifth year? A lot of guys are in question. And clearly we've seen that <laughs> J-Rob is not scared to let some guys go. I. Were you surprised by anybody getting cut this year? Not really. And that was another theme that kind of prevailed in this offseason is not only cutting players that you wanted to get better personnel in, but players that were literally addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. Um, some player named Isaiah Wilson that we may have talked about a time or two. Uh, small, tra- small, small player. Something tra- Trash Panda, he was called, I think. Something like that. Uh, and then Jadavian Clowney. Um, who, if almost sacks were a stat, would would be great. Um, I love the fact that when he got signed by the Cleveland Browns, first off, the Cleveland Browns saying that he's the answer to all their issues. Good luck. Yeah, um, is all I have to say about that. And then Clowney's comment about, oh, well, you won twelve games last year. Well, that's better than the team I was on. Jadavian Clowney, by the way, who had the same number of sacks last season that I had. <laughs> yes, um, the so, same. Yeah. Yeah, the same dude. So, you know, maybe shut up and get it done on the field before, you know, any kind of stuff like that. But we'll see. But that addition by subtraction, I think, was another thing. Um, as far as bad moves, I don't think we made a lot of terrible moves in the offseason. The one that hurt more than anything is probably the loss of John U. Smith, uh, yeah. simply because he was such a big part of that identity. Now, granted, the price tag was huge for what he signed for. And there's absolutely no way I would have said that us signing him for that amount of money would be the right answer, but good, good for him. Good for him for, you know, getting paid, but he was such a hard, a huge part of the hard nosed identity and one of Tannehill's favorite targets. I mean, my goodness, he scored eight touchdowns last year. Yeah. Um, You know, in addition to that, I, my heart still says, I wish that we could have found a way to keep Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, But I can understand the move from a cost standpoint. Um, really the only thing to fault Corey on is that he took just a little bit long, come along in his development. Um, I think that he's going to be a great receiver for, you know, the teams that he, you know, the team he's with now and the teams in the future. Uh, I really think he has all the pieces if he can put it together, but those were my two moves that I don't really hate them. They were just ones that hurt. Yeah. I think cause both of them 
really came along in my heart too. Cause I think we all had our ifs about CD for a while. And then he really became a true number two. And you're like, Oh man, this guy's, he's fantastic. Now he's had, he's had wonderful games year before that game against the Eagles, you know, putting up a buck 54. I think he had like 12 catches. They got the game winning touchdown. Like, this is what we're going to see. And then, you know, he, he lays duds two out of three games. So, but then last year, you really saw him come along, and he was a perfect compliment what it felt like to AJ. I mean, Cordy was super, super consistent most of the year, and it was great to see. But like you said, the Titans weren't going to pay what the Jets are going to pay. And, you know, good luck to Corey. It seems like he was a cool dude. It seems like he had everything going for him. So good for him to, you know, when you play your play your ass off and you get a con in a contract year, it's what happens, man. You get paid. And sometimes you get paid because you're going to a bad team. And if that's what he wants to do, more power to him. Maybe Zach Wilson's the answer for him. And he just cleans up stats and gets that third contract. And that's what a lot of these guys want to do, man. You want to keep keep building, and maybe there's a new regime in the Jets. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, good luck to him, John. By God, he's going to go up there and find the Patriot way, and <laughs> that that system is going to be. This is the new NFL. Instead of us stealing the Patriots players, the Patriots are now stealing our players. What a world! Yeah, they're just like slinging out money left and right, coming at them. Let's go do it. Let's sign a couple really good tight ends and hopefully they're because I mean like Johnu, Johnu and Hunter were those guys that were in that low two tier, second tier, maybe top third tier-ish some days. You know, it just kind of depends because early Johnu was early last season, Johnu was like, Oh my gosh, we got a tier one wide receiver or tight end. But you know, really slowed down eventually. But I don't know, man, if if there could have ever been a way that'd been somebody, I think he's the one that I would have, I'm with you. I think John would have been the one that I wanted to keep just because it, he just kind of fit. He just worked it. And, you know, I'm going to miss him, but Ferkshire, maybe find something later in the draft. I mean, just a couple mocks. Uh, seems like there could be something third day Titans could do. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. Is there uh, anybody in particular, was a Dory kind of shocking to you, Malcolm Butler? Malcolm Butler didn't surprise me because I knew the the money he would command. Um, yeah. If if he was coming back, it was only going to be on a team friendly deal, and I feel like that he had already kind of done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's only so far you can push kind of the team friendly thing before somebody has to kind of, you know, yeah. be like, "Hey, I know what I'm worth," you know, and go to the open market. Um, Adoree Jackson was a bit of a surprise, although I wasn't too torn up about it because I know our running gag last year was what was Adoree Jackson's injury because nobody seems to know. So we would make one up every week week. Uh, and then he was going to be the answer. And then we reactivated him off the injured list. And then he still sat on the bench and didn't play. And then he finally did come in and play. And statistically the Titans got worse. Um, it's tough. Who knows? I think the most I think the most interesting thing about that situation was I forget who who the comment was from within the organization, but they said that they weren't pleased with his his recovery method, uh, almost seeming to imply that 
you know, he wasn't taking his recovery seriously, trying to get back into playing shape. Um, I think it may have been, and don't quote me on this, but I think it may have been Terry McCormick that had basically tweeted about that, um, saying that there were people within the organization who weren't happy with uh, the the effort that Adoree had put into his recovery, I believe was the quote. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame because we've seen Adoree when he's good and when he's good, he's great. And when he's not, he's, there's no middle of the road with the Dory. So I was very surprised, especially with the money he ended up getting. I'm like, did they watch any of his play last year? That is the exact, I think every single person that has kept up with the Titans is like, did we watch the same people? Like, are you just like, did you like, Hey, I watched some film of him at USC. He was really good. It's just like, oh, oh, I thought it said 2020. Oh, it said 2008 or 2019. You're like, where do you you see it? But hey, man, if you can get the bag, get the bag. So more power to him. Um, Coaching moves. Arthur Smith. I'm going to miss him. He's going to kill it down there, Atlanta. I don't know what the heck he's going to do at the four spot. But I, I'll, I'll be honest. If you, uh, if you listen to any Chattanooga ESPN radio, shout out to my boy Greg. Uh, that has been a big topic between him and Press Row, and a lot of people around here. Is what the heck is going to happen at four? Uh, so we'll see what Arthur Smith does. What do you think about filling in the coaching staff? Any things you like, dislike? You know, the the offseason has one big takeaway, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. The Titans are 100% all in on last year's shortcomings being on the players, not the coaching, not the scheme, nothing to do with them. Um, the big thing in the offseason, of course, was Shane Bowen being promoted mm-hmm. to D.C. in the offseason, but based on what Vrabel himself said last year, he's been calling the defensive plays this whole time without the title, which is really confusing because if he's calling all the plays for real, why doesn't he have the title? Yeah. Um, so there was, you know, it's like, was Vrabel really calling the defense? Is Bo in the scapegoat? You know, is this kind of a cop-out? You just, you really don't know. I don't know that a promotion was the right move, especially with the the candidates that were available and the people who came through and interviewed. You know, yeah. one of them may have been a better choice, but – they are 100% committed to the fact that, no, this was not the coaching. This was the players. Um, but I will say this. If if that is the case, you've got a whole new set of personnel and a lot of people coming in with some really high stats on their past teams. If it doesn't work out, it leaves very little room for excuses if the Titans repeat on defense what they did last year. And what you hope, you know, is that we all agree that front office did a terrible job on the draft last year. As a whole, just awful, top to bottom. Um, You just hope something like this, you know, with Vrabel saying, I'm going to pick my guy that I've already got to be my Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator, and I'm going to put my players in here. And it was the players, you know, because of the hand I was dealt, essentially casting blame towards John Robinson and the draft. What you hope is that this doesn't cause any sort of a rift between coaching staff and leadership and ownership because of the blame game. Because – if he says it's the players and he says it was the hand he was dealt and then he gets given all of these shiny new toys to play with and they still finish bottom three in the NFL in defense, yes. you know, is he yeah. going to be willing to eat some crow and, you know, swallow his pride and admit that maybe that the players weren't the problem or, 
you know, it remains to be seen. But I think the biggest thing is this whole defensive situation. But to their credit, they're throwing a lot of money and a lot of players at this. And, you know, we still have the draft yet to go. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Jim Schwartz thing? Do you think that was kind of a backup plan as a maybe like a J-Rob? Hey, if your boy can't get it done, here's a contingency plan to some sort. I don't know if I would go that far with it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I have zero problem with them bringing him in as a consultant. No, no, no problem at all. Um, as a coordinator, he's been really good. As the head coach, not so great. There are some people yeah. that just fall. There are just some people that fall under that umbrella of their great coordinators. They're just not cut out for the head coaching gig. Yeah. Um, I don't have any problem with them bringing him in as a consultant. I like that you know they have brought him in and given him a title instead of just kind of having him as some unnamed person which is <laughs> no atten- so, which is no so attention to the man behind the curtain yeah you know um it is a little odd um but you know if <laughs> nick saban has shown us anything sometimes you put some of those people in these roles and it they just, they come right back and it just works out so it just freaking works yeah if 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 anybody that's a perfect example i yeah that was one of those i was listening to uh Tic Tac Titan on the, I think it's Locked On Titans, yeah. And he kind of presented that question. I was like, huh, that's something I guess I hadn't thought about. I just kind of thought he was just a advisory role, going to be a good game plan guy. He's a his you know Schwartz's system's totally different. I mean, he's Schwartz runs like that four three wide nine pass rush type thing, where it'd just be a totally flip of the switch. So the Titans just aren't going to do that. But it is somebody that I'm glad they did bring in for game planning and stuff like that. And he is exactly like you just described. He's just a really good coordinator. And by God, there's nothing wrong with that because what you get paid in the NFL, I mean, unless you just it's I mean, it is an ego thing. We've all we've all got them. You know, we all got some sort of ego in some sort of way. And if you want to be great, you want to be a head coach and you want to have some prominence. But if you can if you can eat it, by God, being a coordinator is a great spot to be in. <laughs> it's not bad at all. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some things. I I wasn't sure also about, I mean, Todd Downing is the new OC, promoted up from the tight ends coach. We've already seen that worked out really well for Arthur Smith. <laughs> so I kind of hope that trend continues. Uh, I hope this guy's just able to stay in more than two years. So <laughs> that would be great. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope he uh, hope he kind of keeps keeps on keeping on like we've been because it's been creative, and this Titans team really needs that creativity. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, I hope I hope that kind of works itself out because there's going to be some little things on the off- offensive line. Did you think uh, any of the moves on the O line were bad? Good? Are we going to miss out on somebody? Nothing really jumps out at me. Um, but back to the coordinator thing, I think it's good. For, even though we are changing guys at the position, I think it's a really good thing that for continuity's sake, we're not bringing in an outside mind, at least from an offensive standpoint. You yeah. know, we're, we're promoting from within people who have been within the system, people who are familiar with the personnel and exactly what they're dealing with. Because, you know, yes, we lost Arthur Smith, and yes, before him we had Lafleur, But both of them did a really good job with what they right. had. Mm-hmm. So the next guy really has no excuse, you know, not to succeed. Now they've lost a couple of pieces, but the main nucleus, the main identity is still there. So I like the idea of, of promoting from within when it comes to the offense. Now from the defensive side of things, 
back to the Schwartz thing, I think it's good when your defense has struggled and obviously things aren't working, you do bring in an outside perspective. So there have been people saying like, well, why don't we promote from within on the defense? Well, look at what they did last year. Yeah. You know, I, I want to, if we're going to make changes, let's make changes. 100%. Um, but as far as on the offensive line, um, of course, you know, losing Isaiah Wilson was a non-factor because the guy only played a few snaps in meaningless end of game situations. Uh, I think it's definitely a position that will be addressed in the draft. How early in the draft? Yeah. I, I don't think as early as you might think simply because of bigger needs. Um, yeah. Because cornerback is going to be a big need. Of course, we brought in Janoris Jenkins. You know, good experience guy, but as far as like long-term solution, he ain't it. He ain't it. Um, and we'll get more into that when we talk more about draft stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll roll into that first. We'll get to our next sponsor. Our wonderful friends over at Action 247, baby. Tennessee's finest gambling sports book. And we want to help you out. And I'm sure, as we all figured out, you can bet on anything. Us newbies in Tennessee, we're learning it all. My boy Blake has RIP just killed the game in NASCAR. Um, <laughs> our guys over the competition problem are still rolling. Um, they did let me down a little bit in golf this week, but it's okay. You can't win them all. Can't win them all. Um, but been, they, those guys have been rolling. If you watched any of the tournament, man, Ben and Mike crushed it. So if you want us to help you out, you want to have some fun picks, you want to do a little bit of draft betting, if you want to do some baseball, soccer, there's just so much going on right now. Also, basketball. Let us help you out. What we'll do is we'll match you up to 100 bucks. All you got to do is use promo code CTS100. And that's CTS100. We'll match you up to 100 bucks. Gambling problem, which hopefully you don't have. But if you do, 21 and older, obviously, in Tennessee, call Redline 1 800 889 9789. Again, it's 1 800 889 9789. Eight nine, that's Tennessee Hotline. Twenty one or older here in Tennessee. Let us match you. CTS one hundred. Happy gambling, folks. So, draft number one need. Go. So it's really one A and one B for me right. um, because round one, round two, I can see it going one of two ways. Um, wide receivers a need, big time. Cornerback is a need, big, big time. time. Um, the thing that's most exciting about this draft that hasn't been the case in recent years is that with the amount of prospects available in the top 100 in the rankings, it is basically exactly what we're looking for. So if you look at the Scouts, Inc. top 100 uh, rankings, the number of prospects in the top 100. Wide receiver, there are 17 wide receivers in the top 100. Jesus there are 16 cornerbacks in the top 100. There are 11 offensive tackles in the top 100 and defensive end right behind with nine. Those are your four needs right there. And that basically makes up nearly half of the top 100. Um, yeah. So, so many wide receiver and cornerback prospects with, you know, actual quality prospects that have plenty of good things on tape and no we're near the number of red flags that other draft picks that we took last year at the number one spot maybe had. Yeah. Um, I could see them going cornerback 
first round, wide receiver, second round. I could just as easily see them do the opposite. If there's a hot wide receiver there that they've really had their eye on, we might see them take a wide receiver in the first round yeah. uh, and then the cornerback in the second. Um, looking at those picks, though, we have one in the first, one in the second, two in the third with the compensatory pick that we have, uh, then a fourth, a fifth, two sixths, and one seventh. Uh, so, you know, there's there's just so many ways it can go. Um, you definitely want to add a defensive end because while we've addressed some of those needs, you don't want those to be the only guys. You want to have a healthy rotation where those guys aren't having to wear themselves down playing, you know, 80%, 90%, close to 100% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as you mentioned earlier, maybe grabbing a tight end late to, to kind of supplement, you know, the ones we have now since we don't have a clear number one. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about it? Um, I'm with you. It, it is going – I would be very shocked unless there is some sort of linebacker. Uh, man, I can't, I'm forgetting the guy's name out of Tulsa. First round talent, super athletic, and I think he was very complimentary. Maybe a slightly more athletic version of Evans, and I think that's a little bit what J. Rob wants. So that could be a possibility because next year is going to be tough inside linebacker. Because you're looking at maybe not re- not not extending Evans, and you're going to have to really pay Jay on if he if he improves. So there's going to be a tough spot to fill. Um, but I'm with you. I would say if I was a if I was going to be a betting man, uh, promo code CTS100 actually two four seven. If I was a betting man, I would probably say we're going to be it's going to be either cornerback, wide receiver, wide receiver, cornerback. I think just from what it looks like, where players are going to fall, I do think it winds up being wide receiver corner. Personally, uh, if if it's somebody, you know, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, probably the safest, best overall pick if he's there. Um, another one would be Caleb Farley. Those are my two that I would look in the first round. I know people have questions on Caleb, the back injury. And him opting out last season. He was a cornerback for Virginia Tech. He um, had some injuries early on in his first two years, but it does sound like he's fully healthy. And I know people get scared away by injury, clearly, but they kind of work to our advantage getting Big Simmons. So if we get a secondary version of Simmons, I'll be very happy with that. So (laughs) getting there – and then if you go wide receiver, if you go Bateman, or if you go Tony from Florida, then you can maybe scoot in and get Asante Samuel, uh, almost said senior, junior in the second round at corner. So the where, where like the chips fall is going to be tough because we've seen it before. Uh, let's look back. We kind of I think the Titans kind of started that trend with the wide receivers taking that run uh, in the first round of that draft. So, you know, you went. You went CD, you went John Ross. It was all these guys back to back to back to back. And sometimes those runs happen. I mean, clearly, you know, the quarterback run is going to happen very early. But what happens if there's a cornerback run? Is Farley going to be close to the Titans? Is he going to, you know, I've seen him as low as 17, 15. It's little, little random mock drafts, but some, you know, I'd call experts, you know, they have you know that late teen range. So I don't know, man. It's going to be. It's going to be tough because it's just all where the chips fall. That's it, man. Would you prefer to go? Do you have? Do you think there would be any chance we go linebacker? I don't think they're going to do lineman early. 
I wouldn't think so. I, I was curious to get your take. Now, we don't have to name specific players, but if you had to guess what position they would draft at, of course, notwithstanding any factors of what may or may not be available, what position do you think they go first round? Hmm. I'd say wide receiver. And I think that's just because Elijah Moore and Bateman seem like really, really perfect fits for what they need. AJ, we know what he is. True number one. I think you need that versatility and the second wide receiver. Bateman's a little bit smaller. Um, you know, he's six foot one ninety, but can play in the slot quick, really quick guy. Uh, they, I want to say he surprised people with his speed, but how many of these freaking guys are running four, three nines nowadays Yeah, with this non, non, uh, non combine year. It's like, come on. It's like, <laughs> how many people can run a four, three, nine now? Well, you know, we never see it. Now all of a sudden the combine, everybody right could like, now, I ran a four, everybody. three the other day. Yeah. Uh, I, Mike Herndon reported that Blake Shoemaker did run a four three nine. It's a true story. <laughs> saw it on saw it on the Twitter, so it has to be real. In in the pharmacy, that's totally possible. In, in the, the way pharmacy, things are going these days. Yes, and in his comfy shoes. So true story, <laughs> and we're sticking to it. So uh, projected first round pick Blake Shoemaker is uh, on the clock. So. I lean more, like I said, I could see wide receiver or cornerback. I lean cornerback just because I think defense was way more of a liability last year. And if there is a true number one cornerback to get right there, I just think it's a bigger need than, I mean, I think the offense has proven itself much more than the defense has. So I lean towards going cornerback in the first round, but I definitely wouldn't be upset with a, you know, a great talent at wide receiver. I see it going cornerback in the first, then wide receiver in the second, which just as many people would probably see it the opposite. They would see wide receiver in the first corner in the second. Yeah. I I really like Farley. So I I would not, I mean, I know the injury report. I get that. I know you opted out of season, but this guy was a super talent before, before the season started. So I would like that a lot. Um, Let's take a side trail real quick. Christian Fulton. What do you think his chances are of becoming like a true number one cornerback for us? We're tight. We're tight. I, I mean, I think the tools are there. The tools are absolutely there. He just he's just needed a little time. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, I think he was unfairly thrown into the deep end to start with, just because of how terrible the defense was to start the year, and we had really no option other than to throw him out there and say, "Good luck, buddy." <laughs> yeah, it's all you, you know. Man. It it's I like to equate it to the old you know, the baseball analogy, like when a team is struggling and when a team has injuries and you have to call up players from AAA that may not be ready. They just may not be ready, but you have no other option but to fill out your roster. And then they struggle and it's kind of unfair to them because, you know, they haven't had the time to develop and, you know, get get an eye for the ball. And yeah, I think Dansby Swanson, I'm talking about going on a tangent. Yeah, Dansby Swanson got called trails. up. Yeah, Dansby Swanson got called up way sooner than he should have. And we were all excited when it happened, but it, it, it took a little time and now we're starting to see that a little bit more, One hundred but, but getting thrown in the deep end is the point I'm trying to make. So I think Fulton has the tools available. I mean, looking at his college tape, 
you know, he, he has all the tools available. I think he just needs a little more time to adjust to the speed of the game. Is that this year? I don't know. I mean, it seems like year three is when you really know what you have yep. as far as corners go. But um, I, I, I think it's fair to say that it may be a little too soon to make that call. I'm pulling for him, though. <laughs> Me too. I, I'm with you. The, the tools are there. I just it seems like yeah, he's going to be starting out. That's where he's going to be. They and they. It seems like they believe him. When you cut, when you cut a Dory, when you cut Butler, which we all kind of understand. You know, it's a, it's a business. It's a financial thing. Um, I was I was a little surprised by the Adori thing just because of the depth factor of it. It's like, well, hey, going to figure it out. We we trust our young guys. We trust the draft, and I'm with you. I I think if I were to pick, I would say cornerback's the biggest need. Um, but just looking at projections, which those can be thrown out the window real quick. We've seen that change the day to day. It changes day to day, and on draft day, it's a nightmare, man. People trading up. Um, and speaking of trading up or trading down, I guess in this case, do you think J. Rob has a chance moving out? If he uh, think he's, you know, we know how he likes to wheel and deal. You think he's going? You think there's a more bigger chance? Does he stay at the twenty second spot, or does he move back? I say they stay there. Um, okay. simply because of the <laughs> the Arthur Smith adage, don't get cute. Don't, don't get too cute. Get. Um, you know, especially if you have the prospects that you have. I mean, you don't know when there's going to be another draft where you have this many wide receivers and cornerbacks yeah. that are blue chip talents available to you that early. Um, if somebody throws a stupid amount of return in on the trade, you know, not going to rule anything out. I mean, if it's just for a spot or two, um, trading out of the first round, I don't think there's any way that happens. Um, you know, moving back a couple of spots for somebody who really has a player that they want to go get, maybe. Maybe. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the three, the two picks in the third round. Um, because I think two. while we agree that they'll go wide receiver cornerback with the first two picks, I would be curious to see what they do in the third round. Um, my heart says that that's a great opportunity to maybe add that defensive end uh position that you want to add to the rotation yeah. uh, because you don't want to take a gamble on somebody that you want to put in a regular rotation to protect your big investment in Bud Dupree and Danico Autry mm-hmm. um, so that they're not just wearing themselves out. I feel like they might spend one of the two picks on defensive end and then maybe if there's an offensive tackle available that catches their eye, uh, maybe that's your opportunity to pick up an offensive tackle. I don't see them going tight end until oh late. Best case scenario, maybe fifth round, just depending on what's available. Um, I don't, you know what? I hope they don't do, and let's hope they learned their lesson last year. I know that Tannehill's the starter, and you don't have a proven backup quarterback. Do not get uh, cute and draft yeah. another quarterback too early. Yeah, that's the big thing is you don't want you don't want that to happen and start reaching. And I hope. Let's hope they, he learned his lesson last year because let's hope, if, let's if hope you so. could screw it up last year, it, it happened. It was, it did. It was, yeah. That, I mean, like, that's the only knock so far. I mean, yeah, you're going to miss on draft picks. Everybody does every year. That's been miss J- on an entire class. I mean, that I know that's virtually the thing every pick, <laughs> every single pick. And then if it's not an offensive lineman, 
if that's more of a skill player, to be honest, and God forbid, if that was our quarterback, Isaiah Wilson would be the biggest bust of all time. I mean, it, it wouldn't even be close, to be honest with you. And so it's like, hey, you got to figure something out. Now, it's it, swinging a miss, and maybe, maybe some things, some guys turn around. But I, I hope one of those two in the third winds up being. It's got to be tackle guard. You got to have. I really think they've got to have a little bit more depth on the O line. Um, really gonna, really gonna need that. I think that's uh, something that's been missed, and we've seen these guys get hurt, and that's that's the part that sucks. And it, Titans line is getting kind of old too. It's getting a little old. Ben Jones is what 33, 34? something like that. So it's uh, it's tough. They're getting up there in the age. So I'm, I'm hoping they kind of feel that need kind of early. I do want to ask you, I heard this today too. I heard this little rumor. This is going to be just for you, Mr. Shoemaker, as a oh Bama boy. fan. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right. I asked you about trading back. Mm-hmm. Let's say Monty Smith falls to 10 to 12. Titans are seeking. They're like, hey, we'll trade you 22nd. 48, and I think we've got like what one 100. What's the other third round pick? I think it wound up being this the, the later third round pick. Mm-hmm. Would you trade up for him? Oh man, so how many draft picks? Three, three, three draft picks. Mm. Three, your first, three of your four firsts. It's a lot. That that is a lot, and I'm I'm a huge Bama fan and a huge Devonte Smith fan. Um, I think that's too much to give up, um, especially. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, you, you have got to come away from this draft with the premier cornerback prospect and a good wide receiver. Yeah, if you trade away that much draft capital, I don't know that you can pull that off. That's that's a lot to gamble. Now, if you trade away two draft picks, yeah, I I do that. You would Um, you give up? Would you give up your first and your second? That's the hard part. Because I'd easily do a first and a third. First and a third, absolutely. First and second, I don't. I don't think you can do that either. Especially where this talent falls like right now, you know. Yeah. Especially where that cornerback and that wide receiver talent is right now. I don't think I don't think I could pull the trigger on first and second. It's just too much to gamble. And if something goes wrong, then you've really kneecapped yourself for not just this year, but the foreseeable future. What did the What did the Falcons give up on the Julio Jones trade? I forget how many. Oh draft man, picks. that was a that was a that was a big one. I can't remember what all they gave up though. I want to look that up. Yeah, check on that because I was. I'm not going to lie to you. I know, I know what Jamar Chase is. I know what these guys are, but I really think if Devontae falls all the way to the the preteens, that is going to be one of the biggest draft mistakes people make in a long time. And now there are because what people talk about Jamar and what they talk about Kyle Pitts, you've got revolutionary top players. And I, I'll be honest, I've w- I watched a lot of Kyle Pitts. I also 
I cover the Vols, so I watch a lot of SEC and I watch a lot of SEC East. Kyle Pitts is as advertised. Like he could be along that same line of Travis Kelsey's here really soon. He's going to be that kind of pass catcher. He's got a lot. He's got a little ways to go for to be a block Kittle or Gronk uh, to have that kind of versatility in that role. But he can be. He's a physical specimen. Specimen. He is like a Julio Jones tight end. I mean, he's just something you've never seen before. You're like, I don't know what lab they got him out of in Gainesville, <laughs> but by God, they they perfected it. And he's going to be as advertised. We know what Jamar Chase is from national championships. It was nice to have a first-round quarterback and what Joe Burrow is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. So obviously having all that talent around him, but he is he's a stud. But I really think people are going to, there's going to be some people that miss out. They're going to have some bus quarterbacks because as much as we seem to believe in, you know, these this top four, top five of the quarterbacks, it always works itself out. And two or three of those guys are going to be terrible. And I hate to say that you hope not just for, you know, their sakes or college kids, but it's just the way the cookie crumbles. So somebody's gonna be like, I wish I just drafted Devonte Smith and not this, whoever quarterback you're like that gummit so there's gonna be people to eat their words i think Real it's soon. easy to go back and look at those drafts and be like oh my gosh how many people were drafted in front of yeah. aaron Rodgers? how many people were drafted yeah. you know it, it's easy to look at it after the fact by the way on that trade it was the falcons trade was more than i even remember cleveland traded the number six overall to atlanta atlanta gave up five total picks it's first, second, and fourth round picks for that year, plus it's first and fourth for the next year. That that I wow. I don't remember hearing about anything like that before or well, once before. Um, Mike Ditka trading the entire Saints trade for Ricky Williams. <laughs> I forgot about that one. I, I had forgotten about it too until I said it out loud. I'm like, wait a minute. That, that was that yes. time that Mike Dicka walked out in a wig with dreads on it and said that he had traded everybody for Ricky yeah, Williams. Ricky freaking Williams, man. God, that guy was a stud, though. He was a stud. <laughs> Happy 420, Ricky Williams, wherever oh, you are. Oh, that is so true. What a perfect day for Ricky Williams. This would be National <laughs> Ricky Williams Day. That guy. Wow. He was recently on one of my one of a po- a podcasts I'll watch, um, The Fire and the Kids. So I was like, wow. Ricky Williams, what are you doing, man? So that was cool. But uh, yeah. Okay, real quick. Last scenario. This year's first, next year's second. Devontae Smith. Mm. I might do that. I, I might. That, that's right there on the borderline, but I might I might do that. I, I, I'd take that one. I couldn't do this year in both – both first two this year, Mm-mm, no way. But I could, but I could do, I could do this year, next year. That'd be a good one. That's a, that's a good one to ask. We'll put that, we'll put that one up on a poll. How I mean, talk about, try? talk about like you know, sidebar here with Devonte Smith. A lot of people forget that he caught the game-winning touchdown in that national championship game against Georgia. That was his debut. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. a freshman, and your debut is catching the game-winning pass in a national championship game. And then he goes and does what he did last year. My goodness, what a college career that kid had. What a freaking college career. And good Lord, Bama, just stop doing what you're doing. Man. My God, dude. It's no, no, man. no, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, for all you non-Bama fans, you know my pain here. 
they just keep producing that factory down there. It's the assembly. process. It's the process. My butt's a freaking assembly line of producing stud wide receivers is all it is. Well, you know what else Alabama gave us, right? What's that? Oh, there he is. Also, our listening. I'll tell you who we're not drafting this year, and that's a running back. <laughs> we sure aren't. We sure aren't. We sure aren't. Uh, also, look back at that freaking draft. Holy crap, man. Conklin, Henry. <sighs> Dang. And I think, who else was that? There was one more. Was that also Johnu? Possibly. I forget. I think so. I think that's who it was. But still, awesome draft that was. I just remember I was watching or keeping up with the draft. I was working in my pharmacy in Gulf Shores at the time, and I was listening to the audio and heard them draft Derrick Henry and, like, screamed out in the pharmacy to the point where everybody looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? Just a great day to be alive. Sorry, guys. The the odds of, like, your favorite college player ending up on your favorite NFL team just doesn't happen very often. It sure does not. Well, buddy, anything you need to sign off with? Any last thoughts? I don't think so, man. It's just really good to be back. Um, I know it's be been back. been a tough year and tough year plus now at this point. Um, mm-hmm. We're so thankful to everybody who comes out to the events, comes to the watch parties, you know, watches the broadcast, listens to the podcast. We wouldn't do it if not for you guys. And it's it's so good to be back and be talking football with the draft just days away. Yeah, so close, man. Buddy, I am going to head to the beach. I turn 30 next Monday. So mm. I'm, I'm I'm heading to the beach. I'm going to have to go get sun-kissed. Um, so we'll sign off here, and we'll do this again next week. And uh, it's going to be a good draft. We'll we'll go full deep dive next week, draft stuff. We'll have a whole conversation, may try to get some guys on or something, and uh, maybe a little side guest or something. It'll be fun. So, Titans fans, like, subscribe to Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. <laughs> shout out to my cousin uh i told her yesterday i said you guys were out of the age bracket for going on my beach vacation so uh they're still not happy about that so <laughs> that's ageism chase <laughs> sure it sure is uh but i still love you marissa you're the best thanks for hosting family dinner yesterday um maybe next year marissa maybe next year <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah, follow us everywhere. Chat 10 sports, tighten up, talk pod, and wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, just hit that subscribe button. We're on the YouTubes. You want to look at our beautiful faces. So, uh, shout out buddy. I appreciate you. Blake Shoemaker. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Blake, the RX guy. All right. You can find me at MC green four, two, three. Appreciate you guys. Peeps. Love you. Tighten up. Tighten up.